Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robots Radio presents The Cyberpunk Lorecast Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast Where style is just as important as substance Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games And other dystopian worlds I'm your host, Robot Welcome back, cyberpunks. This is the Cyberpunk Lorecast, and this is your host, Tom, or Robots, and it is time again for another patron episode. It's the end of January already. Man, does time fly. And I have with me some of our some of our returning favorite patrons. We've got Lena back with us. Lena, welcome. How's it going? It's going good. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you joining us again. And then we also have Turbo Toboggan. Turbo. How you doing, buddy? Hello. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Hi. Hey, so this week we are we are wrapping up, I believe this is our last movie of our original movie discussion that we started way back, what was that, like six months ago? We were talking about cyberpunk movies that we decided were worth seeing and, and discussing. And uh, we're we're down to my pick because I I suggested we we all watch the Blade Runner movies and specifically Blade Runner 2049 because I had the hot take the controversial opinion that it might actually be the better of the two movies and there are a lot of people out there that disagree with that but that's fine I'm, I'm totally fine with that and I'm open to a conversation about that and Logan and I we did some episodes we talked about this stuff but I want to hear your thoughts on this because this is one of those seminal movies in the cyberpunk genre there are elements of cyberpunk throughout the films. Um, I would argue that the second of the two films is significantly more cyberpunk than the first when you look at some of the elements that are used in the film. But I, I want to get into your thoughts on these movies. So let's start with some of your background and when you saw the movies. Um, Lena, let's start with you. Are you new to the films? When did you first see Blade Runner and then Blade Runner 2049? Okay, so the original Blade Runner, I think I saw it when I was like on a trip on watching all kinds of classic old movies. Uh -huh. That sounds so mean. Well, I, I mean, mean, it's it's a almost 40 year old movie. It's I mean, over a 40 year old movie. Oh my God. Point. Yeah. 1982, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, so I've watched it like five years ago, the original Blade Runner and then or like I watched it f before like Blade Runner 2049 came out mm -hmm. and I think I've watched it maybe once or twice and I liked it a lot. I liked the 
style I liked Harrison Ford I liked the story I liked the I basically liked everything about it and um I get why it's a classic so this is a movie which I watched and I was like, just like no matter how old this is this will always be a classic and mm. then I was like, okay, there's a sequel coming. Ryan Gosling is in it. <laughs> right? Harrison, Ford, Harrison Ford is in it. Okay, this is weird. And then I went to the cinema and I was literally blown away. So be beforehand, just to get this out of the way, I am a fangirl of Denis Villeneuve's movies. Okay. D Dune, Blade Runner, Sicario, like all of these movies, I... They have blown my mind and like the cinematography of all of those movies. Uh -huh. Chef's kiss. So, <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> Wonderful. I mean, like, and I think we'll get into this, but I also think Hot Take, Blade mm -hmm. Runner uh, 2049 is the better movie in oh. my opinion oh all right all right kindred spirits on this on this all right turbo turbo when did you when were you introduced to these movies uh the, for the i didn't see any of them in theaters well i couldn't see uh blade runner i'm too young for that yeah i mean i i'm the oldest of the three of us and i was two or three years old when that was in the theaters so um but uh <laughs> Blade Runner, the original, I only saw it in bits and pieces for like the longest time. Mm -hmm. And then eventually I just uh, forget how old I was, but I watched it when I was uh, over at a relative's house. It was just on TV one night, one day, and I just watched it. Yeah. Not knowing what it was until uh, after, like halfway through, and I, when one of the relatives, I asked him, like, what are we watching? <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it was one of those, like, it just they, happened to come saying, across it on TV. Yeah, yeah that happens. Realizing yeah. They're, like, saying Blade Runner in the TV show, me realizing that's the title of the movie. Yeah. Um, and then right. the one, uh, Blade Runner 2049, I did not see it in theaters. I waited until it came out, and then I eventually, like, I saw it, like, on TV and stuff. Or I, DVD. I, I, I watched it on the TV now on the big screen. Yeah, so both relatively recently. Yeah, I watched. Yeah. Uh, I, I watched Blade Runner forty nine uh, yesterday night or morning. My days blend together, mm -hmm. and then uh, Blade the regular Blade Runner. I I rewatched that like during the, la the last week. Right, so you caught back up on those again? Okay, cool. Yeah, cool, just cool, to, cool. Just a redo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my original. Uh, oh, Julian's joining us here. Hold on. Let's. Uh, we'll get we'll get another person into the into the chat here. Um, J Ray. Let's, is connecting with the audio. We we started a little bit early, so we're gonna get get J Ray in here. We'll give we'll give J Ray just a minute. J Ray, can you hear us? Hey, hey, buddy, what's up? Hey, we we already started the show. We're talking about uh, the Blade Runner movies and when we first uh, watched them. Um, tell us about your experiences with Blade Runner. When did you, when did you first watch Blade Runner and then also Blade Runner twenty forty nine? Um, I first watched Blade Runner with my dad. Um, that was a long time ago. Um, I don't think I fully understood it. So I watched it again in the past year. Mm -hmm. Um, and it kind of blew my mind. And then I watched Blade Runner 2049 right after that. And honestly, it might've been a more fun watch in my, 
um, for me. Um, maybe it's just because the visual visuals were more updated um, or a bit more action. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. I get that. Okay. So um, got it. Yeah. So I originally watched Blade Runner in, I think it was in college the first time I saw it. And then uh, again, more recently, a few years ago. And then I think when the when the second film came out, went back and, and rewatched it and then caught up on the second film as like, a, it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. What was it about again? Because, you know, you go you go 15, 20 years from watching a movie and you, you start just kind of having these echoes of it in your head. You know, you're just kind of like, I remember this scene and I remember this scene. But what? What happened between those two scenes like those kinds of things so caught back up on that stuff so all right so the reason why i included this uh these movies as the you know to be included in our must watch cyberpunk films is because so much of what and logan and i talked about this on previous episodes so much of what people think about when they think about cyberpunk is influenced by the original Blade Runner. This idea of like uh, these like buildings upon buildings and it's always raining and it's dark out and the noodle stand and um, the flying cars, flying cars and the, the, you know, the languages. Yeah. The, the, the mix of the languages and the juxtaposition of like the gritty streets and the old, mixed in with the new the neon and the 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 light let's i don't know the um what's the word for it the the images that just kind of stand out in the middle of nowhere the um holographic neon images standing in front of these old concrete buildings and like the juxtaposition of of like the technology and the things that fall apart you know all of that stuff um looks like jay ray's trying to join us a second time uh jay you having issues here um hey there's two J-Rays. Yeah, sorry. There you go. is much better. No problem. A- I, I got you connected now. So that, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to include this. And then in thinking about Cyber, or thinking about Blade Runner, the original movie, and then moving on to 2049, so much of 2049 is interesting, in my opinion, because it's almost it's almost redundant because it is influenced by the movies that were influenced by Blade Runner. Then think about it. You have Blade Runner influencing genres of movies. And when you think about some of the movies that we've discussed in just on this podcast, even the anime stuff and, and the matrix and these other films, so many of them were influenced by Blade Runner. And then the movie makers now 30 years later 30 plus years later working on 2049 have been influenced by all of those movies and stories and imagery and all of that stuff are making 2049 and they're being it's it's like two steps removed in a way it's all being influenced by the influence you've got kind of this cycle it's coming all the way back around which is part of why i think we see some of this more cyberpunky kind of imagery in 2049. Not only is the world a little bit further in the future, but it's it's more fleshed out and it it fits more into this um I don't know, this image in our heads of what we think that world is supposed to look like even if it wasn't shown to us in the original Blade Runner. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. What do you yes. guys? What do you guys think? Because I, I want this conversation to center around mostly around 2049. Um, we've talked a lot about a lot about Blade Runner, but I want to talk about 2049. The the world, the technology, the the way the world is, your impressions of it. How do you, how you think it stands up as a cyberpunk movie? Does it is it cyberpunk or is it just kind of a dark future? And let's let's talk about some of the elements of of cyberpunk. Does it have that whole? Uh, the 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 like the the stratification between the the corporations and the governments and and all of those people the people who at the top who have everything and the majority of the people down at the bottom who don't totally totally um yeah and i think it's more cyberpunk than the original film just because the genre of cyberpunk wasn't fully fleshed out you know blade runner was one of the a couple catalysts that that uh caused cyberpunk to really flourish um so i feel like 249 is like the most cyberpunk one of the most of all time i mean you got neons you got um you know oh god what's the corporation jared leto is the helm of uh wallace right right um and they're experimenting with you know, the idea of what it means to be human and what if technology is as valuable as life and vice versa. Um, and you got kind of the whole joy toy thing, which is what you find in Cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. um, using, you know, in Cyberpunk 2077, they have the um, the chip that turns humans into essentially sexual robots. Uh, and then in Blade Runner 2049, they just use robots themselves. Uh, or I, I guess replicas Re- replicants. Um, yeah. Yeah. Replicas. Yeah. And in 2049, the re- they've solved the replicant issue in some ways, which, you know, the issue was that they had issues with the replicants in, in the original Blade Runner. They, they only live so long and some of them were malfunctioning and were looking for autonomy and they supposedly solved that in 2049. So that that's all kind of changed by that point in the story. Um, also the use of artificial intelligence you know having anna de armas play an artificial girlfriend that anyone on earth can access um with her own i forget what her name was joy wasn't it just joy Mm -hmm. yeah 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 so um there's so many topics that we could there's so many directions we can go in this in this story let's let's start broad and kind of narrow down do you feel like the stratification is different from the first movie to the second movie? Do you like, I, in my opinion, we don't see as much stratification between the haves and the have nots in the original Blade Runner. The average Joe that you come across in the street doesn't look destitute. They look like the common worker. Mm. yes does that make sense they all seem like just common joe schmo going about their daily job they all the the, it's it's the only really big difference thing is like from the big corporate guy and then you just go straight to uh uh everyone on the street but there's like like it's like one guy that's a big giant gap and then all the people on the street but in the second one you see the big giant guy or everyone else. And then you see the people that live out in the junk. 
and stuff. Yeah. So you can see the difference between high, very low middle class, typically, because that guy is like the 1%, I say 1% middle class, and then hobos, practically. Right, right. Well, like the, the homeless, the, the home, like the junkers who live out on the, the well, dregs of society. Kids taking apart the. <clears throat> right, right. There's yeah, also you, middle class, you see, of those who are kind of surviving in the city, you know, those on the streets. Um, yeah, the, the middle. That's why I said middle class. Oh, sorry. I misheard you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They essentially added a bad lens to the movie. Yeah. Right. Right. And you see more of that stratification. Now, that doesn't mean that it didn't exist in the lore of the world, but we don't actually see any of that in the first movie. Um, Dude, the visuals of his car, I guess, hover car going through that was honestly, it was mind blowing. It kind of reminds me. I mean, it was directed by Denis Veneuve, who did Dune, but that same look of um, the dragonfly vehicles going through just mm -hmm. otherworldly. Yeah. So that also connects to um some of the other things that happen in in cyberpunk genre this concept of um and this and this also happens in cyber capital c cyberpunk cyberpunk 2077 this idea of uh uh what's the word um the uh, the natural um i'm losing words i'm sorry it's been a long day the um uh the earth and the the uh climate climate change going amok like human beings have polluted the world to the point where climate is absolutely messed up and we get a sense of that in the first film it's constantly raining it's it's dark and dreary out why is that the case well there's something wrong with the climate but in the second movie we get this we, like very, very strong sense of the places where people live are manufactured and people have to live in very confined environments. And if you live outside of these confined environments, the world is a mess. Um, and then they go to Las Vegas and like Las Vegas is condemned. It is like you are not so, like this is a, a no go zone. It is not safe for human beings out here. You do not you do not go out here and there's Isn't a, it because like a nuke went off, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's the sense that like war, natural disasters, like whatever, all of these kinds of things have led human beings to live in these mega cities, it seems like. And uh, even like seawalls, like this, this, the, the oceans have risen to a certain point where they need seawalls to keep out the ocean from, you know, coming in to where people are currently living in these cities, like at the end of the at the end of the film, you get the sense of like, there's no beach. There's no natural boundary between the ocean and the land. It's all built. And it, it seems like it's that way for a reason, because like it has to be. Did you guys get that sense? Yeah, I mean, when I was watching the end, I kind of like uh, re recalling it, I kind of forget you know how they even got into the water there well it's like it's like the the waves were coming up and like pulling the the but like that was right in. on the coastline it was right on the coastline but it wasn't like a it's not like a, it was yeah, yeah the coastline it was like it was like a manufactured coastline it wasn't you know like it, it that doesn't it didn't feel like a natural environment is my point were you guys surprised to see um, that Harrison Ford had a dog in it? 
I thought that was know, interesting. Yeah. Actual yeah. Animal. Like, yeah. Cause I'm like any animal around there is like, or I, I couldn't figure out are all animals dead or, or just most. Well, uh, and the question is, is it, is it a naturally born animal or was it a like replicated animal? Mm. That's it. Uh, yeah. That's what I was saying. So if, if all animals are dead, then it's definitely replicated, but dogs or is it, a, is it a, cause dogs survive here on earth. Like there's dogs that are, were once, uh, domesticated that just leave on the, on the road. They become wild dogs. They like, yeah, like there's wild dogs in regular cities, like major cities and stuff. Sure. Or was it cloned? You know, like yeah. there, there's, but, there's questions about that. Yeah. But I mean, in the, in the lore of the original cyberpunk, I've also read the book by Philip K. Dick. And I mean, the whole story behind it is that basically all animals are dead. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's and, one then. Yeah. I mean, they are all dead. And then you have like the Wallace Corporation and the Tyrell Corporation who started cloning the animals. And uh, people who have real animals are like the 1%. Like people who have real animals is like a social status thing, as well as the whole thing of, well, we're leaving Earth and going to colonies because like there, there's now better places for us and like people rotting on earth with the replicants we don't care about them so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so okay so th- there's those themes what other cyberpunk themes can you think about what about the the idea of um the rebellion against the the haves the the coming together of the hat the have-nots against the haves that's more of it. It seems like there's gonna be more of that in 2049, at least where it was going. Because like at the end, like that when uh, he's injured and the, the, he meets the other, he's picked up by the other replicants. Now they're saying they're gonna rebel and stuff. There's more of it in that because in the first one, it's really just one re- replicant rebelling. In the second one, it seems like there's gonna be at least a good maybe 40 of rebelling. At least that's what looks like it shows up. Mm. So you in, in your in your mind the replicants are the downtrodden. They are the yeah. ones who are rebelling against the haves. Well, which is interesting because they're not they're slaves, humans. Technically, so. Right, yeah. Yeah. That, that is, so this is this is another point that somebody on I think it was somebody on Twitter, one of our listeners pointed this out to me and I think it's really interesting that in Blade Runner and in um uh in, in some of the other movies that we've talked about blade runner and in ghost in the shell and in um uh uh judge and dread the movies are based around the perspective of the police which is the opposite of most cyberpunk stories or the or traditional cyberpunk because the police are one of the structures of the government Hmm. but in something like akira it's based around the street punks the street punks are rebelling against everybody else right that's that's traditional cyberpunk they're the punks but in these stories the main focus is from the perspective of the police but what's interesting about these stories is oftentimes the police character goes through some sort of story arc where they no longer side with the traditional perspective of the police. 
So in the case of something like Blade Runner, whether it's Deckard or um, the main character in uh, 2049, they come to some understanding that changes their perspective by the end of the film or um, even dread. He's like the best at what he does, but he's not corrupt like the rest of the police. He's different from the rest of them. Right. So it's interesting. It's, it's, it's like, it's like taking cyberpunk in a way and kind of turning it on its head. Yeah. What's interesting about the police in a cyberpunk era is that they're kind of in this chasm where they're not really treated as corpos. They're kind of hated by the public and viewed as um, well, they're, disposable they're and government to the, the government. They're, they're tools of the government, right? The individuals yeah. are tools of the government. The police organization is the government, right? So the individuals who are working as officers are in a way kind of stuck in the middle to your point. They're yeah. kind of like, they're kind of in that middle zone, uh, which is this interesting place, which kind of in a way allows some of those individuals to play the punk role and mm. rebel against their status and the fact that they're being abused or, you know, uh, tread upon or whatever by their superiors or the organization on top of them or, or whatever. And therefore they're playing the punk role. But it's interesting that so many of the movies that we picked out are from the perspective of the police. I thought that was just really kind of a, a, an interesting coincidence. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Uh, Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but like uh, something like the matrix, it's like, they're the punks, right? They're the, they're the downtrodden who are rebelling. Um, Akira, they're the punks. They're the downtrodden who are rebelling. Um, so I thought that was interesting. All right. So what other, what other elements do we have that are very cyberpunk that kind of come out in this mods for the human body? Mm. Body modification. Okay, so where do we see body modification in 2049? Well, it's uh, we see for uh, at 2049, we see it with like the main, uh, not uh, he, he he commands the main bad guys. The main bad guy is the girl. Love. But, uh, he commands uh, Terrell. That I don't know. He's not Terrell. He's he's a creepy dude. Yeah. Yeah, the creepy dude with the blind dude that has to have like that. He has like this little chip in his side. That when you plug it in, it turns like this little light bulb at the base of his ear that let, lets him control like these little hovering beans. I don't know what they are. They look like cameras. Yeah. They look like hovering beans that just fly around and let him see. Right. Yeah. That was all this, right? That's super weird. Well, yeah, but he's super creepy. So but creepy. I'm, but I mean, already in the first like sequence of the film, you can see that K also has probably some kind of body modifications because like Sapper slams his head, his body through a, through a wall. Mm -hmm. Like you cannot survive this if you don't, do not have. Well, it's part of it is, yeah, that he's a replicant. And so he is, he's a little bit more hardy and than a regular human. Um, So you end up with a replicant on replicant battle where they're both more resilient than people are. Um, But, that's I mean, that's a good question. Like how much of him is biological and how much of him is underneath the surface is actually modified. They got super strength, at least that's what the thing says. Yeah. I mean, as a replicant, they do have super strength. And we know that from the first film, 
you know, Deckard at the end being hunted <laughs> by shirt, sexy shirtless man. <laughs> like his, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got you know superhuman strength, werewolf and stuff. <laughs> right, um, but and then what was that? No, go ahead. Oh, I was no. I was just I was just kind of expanding on that. But yeah, there there is body modification. That is that is a thing. Um, what about when we see uh, Kay talking to like? The women like being out in, among the population. Do we see anything in there that that screams cyberpunk? Oh my god! I just want to say I've watched this movie yesterday, and there's the scene with Ryan Gosling eating his whatever goo that is with like oh. the brothel on the side, and I mm -hmm. was just like, this could be Jig Trick Street, like straight oh, yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. This is basically Jig Trick Street. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Very much so. Yeah, and this is the whole like one thing influences another, influences another, influences another. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a lot of there's a lot of Blade Runner influence in 2077. Um, the character designs and location designs and all of that stuff. Um, it's very, very, very much in there. Um, OK. When did 24-9 come out? Was that 2017? Yeah. 2018? 2016, 2017, something like that. Um, Blade Runner 2017. 2017. Yep. What, what did you guys think about the um, um, the the following of, of Harrison Ford's character? How he almost had a religious following. You know, when Ryan Gosling's K was saying that he thought he was a child, you know, the woman's response was, well, don't we all want to be the child of him? You know, he was almost like a figure of uh, of, uh, of worship. Yeah, a fictional, like a, a fictional character that everybody kind of. He's yeah. it's like he's the one, like where the Matrix came in yeah. with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, everyone wants to be the special person. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the idea of a replicant and a human being able to have a child together would make for religious storytelling. I mean, mm -hmm. it's you know, it's it's similar in some ways to a a virgin birth. And to be the oh, yeah, to yeah. be the father of that Jesus situation yeah. is important, you know. Uh, and there are going to be people who are. I mean, that's part part of the premise of the whole movie is that's why he's hiding out, is because he doesn't want that attention. Because there are definitely people who don't want him around. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so people know about him, and that's it's an unwanted attention. So absolutely. Um, I think that also plays into some of this cyberpunk, I don't know, quality, it's aesthetic, this idea that human beings are grasping for something, something beyond something more, um, mm -hmm. this idea that they're, they're looking for, for that. Um, I, I, I think the whole premise of the movie is actually very cool. So do you guys have any other thoughts on any of the other cyberpunk qualities of, of the movie? Do you think it stands up with some of the other movies that we've seen? Do you feel like, do you feel like 2049 is cat is like big cyberpunk or do you feel like it's mostly cyberpunkish, cyberpunk influenced? For me, it's big cyberpunk. And another note I wanted to um, touch on what was uh, the ability just just the 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 memory architect you know just that ability to get to those fine details create 
all these fictional worlds for people mm-hmm. um and and how it's like you know johnny infiltrating with his own memories you know getting inside your head uh and and you know f- creating and and forming your own perception of the world and yourself um you know the idea of altering your mind uh it becomes increasingly uh incorporated in, as the future you know evolves i guess yeah yeah the question about what's real and what's not yeah metaverse don't even want to talk about that <laughs> yeah sure sure what do you think of her character the memory architect character oh oh she wasn't in the movie enough um i mean she was only in a couple scenes right or a few yes. scenes there's there's um, the initial scene where you, you're introduced to her and uh, he, he goes and visits her and then there's the the ending scene yeah uh I, I don't think we were able to get attached to her enough and and understand her significance enough um i feel like she has a lot of power um in the lore but in the movie she didn't have as much power um maybe not just power to control but power to uh tell the story well she's i mean she's a very important character yes (laughs) i don't know how spoiler we want to be but i mean i guess we should spoilers um, she's the child yeah the son but sorry the daughter of harrison ford right she Um, she is the child that everyone thinks yeah but she doesn't like oh no the ending is right. They they meet each other, right? Harrison and her. Uh, yeah, it, sh- it shows with him putting his hand on the glass. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's I don't know. It's a it's a good story. I, I think I think it's also cool how K isn't. I like it's that so K isn't the 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 Jesus character. Mm. I like that he is not the chosen one. That kind of reminds me of um, what you said about Cypher, how Cypher thinks uh, he's the main character of his own story, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and how like, you know, Kay or the average Joe, you know, has can can get, uh, you know, infatuated with this idea that they're the one they're the one meant to pursue this special, uh, you know, storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is often disappointing. I mean, one thing I find really interesting, I think I've read it in some review about the movie, was that basically the first Blade Runner is about Deckard, who gets introduced as a human. And then over the course of the movie, it is called into question if he is maybe a replicant. So that is not quite sure. Or mm-hmm. there, there is mean, kind of a subtext of that. You can interpret it yeah. that way, sure. And then the new Blade Runner is basically K is a replicant, no question about it. And then there's this plot of him questioning mm-hmm. maybe I maybe he's not just maybe, a replicant, right? Yeah, right. So I found that really interesting. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I think that is interesting. I also I also like the the character growth of each of them. You know, Deckard going from like humans only, humans only, wait a minute, replicants might actually be people. And then Kay going, I'm a replicant, I'm a repl- replicant, I know my place, I know my place. 
wait a minute, the world isn't this simple. And both of them come to these revelations from opposite directions, which is, which is interesting. Like it, it brings us to the same point, but from completely different sides of the story. Um, I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. So we'll tell you what, we're in the middle of the show. We're going to take a break. We've got to thank, thank you guys. We've got to thank the patrons and we'll be back to talk a little bit more about Blade Runner when uh, I get done with the middle of the show. Here we go. All right, here we are. We'll make this quick. This is the middle of the show. This is where I get to thank our patrons like these guys. And we have 19 patrons currently. So thank you to all of you. And if this show is helping you get through your work days, your drives to work, your workouts, your learning more about the cyberpunk genre or cyberpunk 2077 and all that stuff. And who knows, maybe the rumors about the new update for PS5 and all that stuff is is legit. And we're going to get the uh, info maybe coming up this next week. That would be awesome. But if we're helping you get through all that stuff, then go head over to patreon.com slash cyberpunk lorecast and check out all the different tiers, everything from the bottom tiers where you can get ad free episodes early to joining us on future episodes of this show, just like these guys are right here. And uh, I would really appreciate that. Also, we don't have any new ratings or reviews in this week, but if you'd like to help us out, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave us a five star rating. And if you do, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show or if you are currently listening on Spotify right now, you can do that as well by going to the, the page where you can see all the different episodes listed, scroll to the top and click the little little star button over there on the top left side where you can leave us a five star rating on there as well. It'd be really appreciated and helps a ton. Um, but that's all we got for the middle of the show this week. Thank you again to our patrons. You guys are the best. Let's get back to the rest of the show. All right, guys. So we're, we've talked about the cyberpunk elements of the movie. What do you think from like a personal perspective on the film? I want to get into your thoughts about the movie, how you feel about it. How did, did first of all, did you guys enjoy 2049 and how do you feel it holds up in comparison to the original? I know, Lena, let's start with you. I know you're on my side. You think that this movie actually is better than the original. Why do you I think? Mean- why do you think so? Oh my God, why is it better? Um, I like, so, okay. So I like the director. I already made that clear. I like the cinematography. I like the soundtrack by Hans Zimmer and Benjamin Walfish. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I mean, it just, it's just more pleasing to watch. I don't know why, because like, both movies are like really slow paced and i think you also have to like these kinds of movies to get into it because if you're like a person who only watches movies like cut 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 you're gonna hate these kinds of movies but why is blade runner better actors everything i don't know everything why is 49 better everything yeah do you find okay so one of the reasons why I think this movie is better is that it actually is a more interesting story. I, I think, think the story yeah. they're telling us is more dynamic. It's smarter. 
I mean, the original story is smart, but it feels smart for 1982. Does that make sense? And and this isn't to like be like, oh, we're so much smarter than people were back then. <laughs> it's it's not that's it's not saying I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we the average person in 1982 consumed this much media. There were only so many movies that came out. There were only so many books to read. There were only so many concepts and ideas floating around in media at that time period. Period. There were just only so many ideas out there. We, 40 years later, have all of those ideas plus the vast volume of media that's been created in the, in the last 40 years, which is probably equivalent to all of the rest of the media that was created during the 20th century before 1982, right? Like those ideas have been expanded upon and expanded upon and retold and retold and retold and tweaked and changed and tweaked and changed so much in the last 40 years and storytellers have become more efficient. They've gotten better at telling stories. They've gotten more interesting. They've gotten better at, we, we've had so many times had plot twists thrown at us as people who consume media, TV shows and movies and books and video games. We're, we're just so ready for the plot twist, right? We're so ready for it that to actually have a movie that throws us into a world and makes us go, What's going to happen? What's going to happen is is exciting. It's fun again. Right. And I think that 40 2049 does a good job of telling us a more intricate story that's more appealing, comes at an angle that's different than what we would have expected and does it in a way that is more entertaining than the original movie did. That's my stance on it. Do you think that that idea has any any legs? Do you think that that do you, what do you think about that idea? I mean, the characters are very well written in the new in the new Blade Runner movie. So there was just more at their fingertips to to play with. Um, in respect to what all you said, ideas, technology available um and and just overall uh ability um, mm -hmm. yeah I, I enjoyed it better it was more exciting a bit more captivating um and for 19 you said 82 right yeah, yeah a brilliant movie for 1982 and the matrix was a brilliant movie for 1999 um but you know both have lost a tad bit of their magic you know yeah. Well, I, I think for a movie in 1982, you you expect that the lead character is going to be the important person who figures things out mm -hmm. and makes a, di a decision that's different than everything else and still survives in the end against these ridiculous odds. You know, like you, you expect that. But in 2049, we get a lead character who is not the special one, a lead character who doesn't survive in the end. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, the lead character whose singular purpose in the entire movie is to facilitate putting the pieces of the puzzle together for other people who are more important than he is. Yeah. Who suffers, who loses everything piece by piece throughout the film and gives everything, sacrifices everything for th for a picture that is bigger than himself, even though he's not human. And I think that that is an inspirational story. 
because it shows how much of a person that character actually is in this world. I think that story proves the personhood of these non-humans in a way more profound than any story, any way you could have written the original story. It's almost a metaphor for a soldier, you know, someone who loses everything for a cause greater than themselves. Right, right. And a soldier that wasn't even human to begin with. Yeah. And chooses to do it. And, and, and that's the other thing is that he wasn't programmed to do it. He goes against his programming in order to do it. And, and that's amazing. You know, in the first film, it's amazing that they can have a child together. It's amazing that a replicant falls in love. That shows personhood. But in this one, you have somebody who chooses to go against the programming for the greater good and sacrifices themselves to do so. And that's also profound and amazing, but in a different way. And I, and I don't think that story could have been written in 1982. I don't think that we would have been ready for that as, as, a, as a people. You know, I don't think that story would have resonated. People would have been like, what? This story doesn't make any sense Mm. because we didn't have the original story yet. We needed the original story and 40 years of other stories to get to the point where this story makes sense and resonates in a way and sounds profound. Turbo, I know you've you've got some thoughts on this. I I don't want to skip out on you too much. What do you what do you think? Do you do you agree that 20 and don't feel the don't feel pressure to agree with me simply because I'm the host of the show or we're friends or whatever. If you if for any reason you think that the original movie is is better in in any regard, what do you think? Do you think 2049 stands above the original film? Do you like the original film better? What do you think? If we're going for which one is more cyberpunk, uh, the second one is better in that thing because it comes it's better coming across cyberpunk mm-hmm. but i think it's just because it's had more time for the cyberpunk genre to come out because when the first one came out there wasn't really cyberpunk and stuff right, right. but which which but it influenced it's like hey this is what cyberpunk is and then eventually cyberpunk solidifies into cyberpunk right but what do you what do you think about system. just in your personal opinion of the films do you like the second film better? Do you like the first film better? Do you what like, like regardless of how Cyberpunk better. one is, you like the second one better? I, I like the second one, but it's just because uh, I'm not that much of a deep person. I'm very sh- I, I I don't not say like I'm shell, but like uh-huh. I'm not when I come to my movies, I'm not there to get some most of the time. I'm not there for it to make me think. Mm-hmm. I just want to sit back and experience. And the first one made me feel like I need to think better about all this uh, and stuff. Mm-hmm. It, just, it made me think more than the second one. I don't know why. Okay. Maybe it's because I've only seen the first one in its entirety, like in one sitting, like twice. And the second one I've seen multiple times. Okay. Well, I, I feel like the second one is a deeper just, film. So, but it's also a little bit more actiony. Yeah, that's why that's why I meant like I'm more of an action movie, so Yeah. I think I think, go I ahead. think it's interesting that Turbo says like uh he thinks the first one is the deeper movie because I was like Blade Runner twenty forty nine will absolutely lose you if you like yeah. do not think for the movie like if you stop thinking about the movie you will not care about the characters or the plot or anything Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to keep up with it. It's, it's the kind of thing where if you don't keep up with it, you, you, you're not going to catch the significance of the end of the film at all. It's not something you can be on your phone through. (laughs) Definitely not. No, you have to, you have to pay attention. Um, Yeah. 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 So everybody likes 2049 better. You guys are all on the same page as me. Yeah. What, yeah. what did Logan think? Logan, Dude. I think Logan, I think I, tr- I tried to, I tried hard to convince Logan that that was the better movie, but I think in the end, he still thinks that the original is the, is the better. I mean, you can always use the argument that the first one was the first and the first one is necessary because without the first, you're not going to get the second, which is fine. Like that's, yeah. that's a fine argument, but there's no, there's never a counter argument to that. Like, according to that logic, the first of anything is always better than any sequel. So it's almost kind of an argument that you you kind of just have to say, well, okay, yes. Okay. But other than that, is it, (laughs) you know, like, I guess you have to then credit it for originality. The first one may have been the more original, right? But the second one was just better. You know, they made the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's 40 years. It's amazing to think that movie is now, I mean, 2022, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just kind of crazy that, um, you know, I I mean, I I had a similar kind of experience with Star Trek. You know, I I realized, wow, in the 1960s, there were, uh, they made a show about humanity exploring what's beyond us. Um, You know, it's, it's kind of cool to see that these, these, um, humanity's urge to explore ourselves and our place is not a new phenomenon. Oh, no, in no way yeah. at all. I mean, um, and it's well, something that's I mean, philosophy in ancient Greece. You know, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's something that um, is intrinsic our, to the human experience. Yeah. Uh, but our means of conveying that has definitely changed. So like right now, maybe in the cyberpunk uh, medium, um, but I don't know. Sorry, I went on a tangent that wasn't related. But. No, I, I think it is related. I, I, I think to, to say, like, we, we started the sci-fi journey in a way previously with, with other events. What's interesting, I saw a post about Blade Runner and how Blade Runner was influenced by a movie that came out in, like, 1929. I think it was called something like Metropolis or something. And oh, there are... that tonight. There are scenes in Blade Runner that are almost... Uh, framed the cinematography, the 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 way the shots are framed, are almost one to one with this movie from t- 1929. And the premise of the movie was very similar. It was about synthetic humans, and it was one of the first movies to have androids in it that looked like human beings walking around. And this concept in 1929 of what if humans 27 1927 of what if human beings created androids and those androids yeah there you go you got a picture of one of them and it looks like a woman it looks like a woman and and this concept there you go yeah yeah it's it's amazing this idea like this is not a new idea this is you know something that almost a hundred years ago people movie makers were playing with this idea a hundred years ago about this this image of the actual metropolis yeah yeah gigantic buildings in 1927 that you see in cyberpunk 2077 yes in 1927 the tallest buildings in the world were were i mean very few and far between like like 
I mean, some of some of the tallest buildings that you can think of today, I don't think even existed in 1927. You know, I mean, just some of the classic ones, you know, um, I don't know. It's just it's just amazing to think that, like, some of those ideas have been around for a long time. But the, again, those ideas are not necessarily new. If you think about mythology, the idea of like ancient peoples creating through magic a golem or something that is a, a you know, this spirit of a person in a synthetic body or or those kinds of things and is that really a person like th these kinds of ideas of personhood and, and those kinds you know if you take a person out of a person put it in something else is it still a person if you animate a structure and and give it a personality is it a person and moving that into a technological environment is just the next step of that same concept but that concept has been around for a long long time we bring up the un undefinable feature of a soul what a soul oh, yeah. Yeah, th this this struggles with that that question as well, um, and, and that hap that happens in twenty forty nine. There's the yeah. line where uh, the uh, K's boss says says something like, "Oh, well, you don't have to worry about it because you don't have a soul, right?" And he just kind of looks at her and says, "Yeah, yeah." Like like didn't she like say like you've gotten along now so far gotten 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 along fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thank you. Yeah, you got along fine uh, so far without a soul. And it's, you know, it's just one of those concepts. It's like, well, what even is a soul? Like, uh, according to your, your soul, religious soul. beliefs, yes. everybody, depending on your religious belief, you're going to have a different definition, but it's not something you can put in a jar and weigh. You know, like, we can't test it. You know, like, who's to say if things have a soul or even if a soul is even a thing? You can't mm -hmm. test it. You don't know. And does a replicant have a soul or not? Maybe it does. Maybe a soul doesn't exist. You don't know. Yeah. It's it's just one of those questions that you'll never you you can't have an answer to because there's no you can't have let me let me state it this way. You cannot have an objective answer to because there's no way to study it objectively. You can only have subjective answers to that question um, based on beliefs, not based on evidence. So or, or uh, observational evidence. So it's, it, but these are, these are questions that, you know, human beings are going to, we're, we will, we will go to the end of human existence. struggling with these questions for the rest of time. And we will still struggle with these questions because it's just the nature of who we are. It reminds me of how Christopher Nolan explores um, love and fate as kind of another dimension in interstellar you know how what are these they're untangible but could they be much more powerful than just a word could soul just be a means to quantify self-consciousness you know um so i don't know mind-boggling right and if and if it is then doesn't k prove that he has a soul through his yeah. through his actions through his yeah. self-awareness and his ability to make decisions against his programming yeah Maybe not a soul, but like some part of human humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It does bring up a lot of questions. So, okay. So in the end, you guys agree with me. It's too bad Captain Logan wasn't here. Sorry, Captain Logan. Um, maybe you'll have to come back on another episode in Wait, order to. Is he still joining patron chats? Or... Uh, well, I invited him back if he wanted to come oh, join God. us because he's he's got an open invitation to come join us whenever he wants to because he's you know he's he kind of grandfathered in so um, yeah. you know he's he's my buddy he's welcome. Um, 
You guys have any other thoughts on, on this movie? Do you feel like it? How do you feel like this one fits among the other films we've talked about? Do you like it better than the other films? Do you feel like it's fits alongside them? It fits alongside them. Definitely. I don't know if it's my favorite. No? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are we gonna touch upon Dune? We could talk about Dune. I don't know yeah, how. I know, I know it's sci-fi. It's more sci-fi. It's not really yeah, cyberpunk. It's more sci-fi and stuff. I don't view it as cyberpunk enough. I've, the only Dune yeah. movie I've seen, I don't know how many they are. I've only seen the newest one and I've never read the Yeah, books. I'm only talking about the new one. Yeah, um, there's yeah, the old one. This Denis Veneuve who did Blade Runner. I, I, I view it more sci-fi. It's like science fiction mm-hmm. and with like a little bit of like uh, so far magic right now, like how he can see the future. I see it as magical. I don't know enough about the background. Say maybe that's something else, but I see more sci-fi. Yeah, it's, it's more sci-fi. Um, there is the Blade Runner, uh, TV show, the animation. I, ha- I have not got a chance to watch it yet. I do own, uh, I, I, I got a chance to, I got a way to watch it, but I have not watched it yet. So we can talk about that next, next month. I haven't watched it yet either, but. Or the, um, the, uh, Blade Runner 2049 short films. There's like a six minute one, a 15 minute one. There are short films. Really? Official ones? Yeah. Yeah. Official. They're, they're really interesting. There's an anime one, uh, one with Jared Leto, um, it's about what happens before the blackout, right? Right. Yeah. There's oh. the blackout, then the one after, and stuff. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I did. I didn't know about those. Yeah. It looks like there's three short films. Yeah. Looks like they're available on YouTube. About 24 minutes long oh. if you watch all three of them. Um, that's cool. Okay. Well, yeah. Let's chat about that. Um, would you guys be able to watch the the animation? The, What's it on? What is it called? Black Lotus or something like this. <laughs> I'll better get to Black Lotus. I'm going to have to look up uh, the shorts. Yeah, it's Black Lotus is what it's called. Um, it is. It is on. It's on Adult Swim. Hulu. So, yeah, Hulu, I think, would have it, right? Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to watch Metropolis <laughs> at some point? Oh, the old film? I don't know if it's even available. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if it's available. I, I think it's one of those films that, like, it just it, it's hard to even find anymore. Oh shit! But that would be cool. Um, Metropolis, nineteen twenty uh, twenty seven. Watch movie. Oh, <laughs> okay. So I think YouTube Prime Video. Oh, it looks like you can watch it. That would be interesting. Yeah, Apple TV. It's like two hours Metropolis? long. Two hours. Oh my gosh, dude! Just just the images are like haunting yet beautiful yet. Yeah. Just how do you spell, how do you spell that so I can look it up later? Metropolis, M E T R O P O L I S. Metropolis. Yeah. God. All right. Well, we'll talk. We'll talk more about this, um, and we'll we'll pick one of these things. But those are all good. Those are all good polls. Uh, Metropolis might be really cool as like a like cyberpunk originator type of movie, like way before anybody even thought cyberpunk was even a thing. And we're now almost a century after that, too. Yeah. You know, we're headed into another eras of the 20s. Right. Yeah. yeah, it does look like it's available on YouTube. It looks like some a few people have, have made that available. So, uh, But it's over two hours long. Man, that's a long 1927 movie. Wow. Filmed by F. Lang. 
Interesting stuff. Well, guys, this has been awesome. Thank you for thank you for joining me again. Thank you for being here. And um, let's go through and let's wrap this up. If you guys have anything you'd like to share, ways that people can get a hold of you, anything cool that you're working on or doing that you want to talk about. And uh, let's start with Turbo. Turbo, you got anything going on? I have nothing going on. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, I know you're working a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't got time for a, a, a social life. I have to work. Oh, well, that's a bummer. Well, tell your boss to get over, get over COVID, get back to work so you can have. Well, they're over it. They just have to recover and stuff. Well, tell them to recover and then, yeah. and then you can have some more free time maybe. But uh, yeah. yeah, I know people can reach you on the discord. You want to share anything else? Uh, no. That's okay. It. All right. Cool, man. Well, see you watch, next month. Uh, fo- watch Tom on YouTube. Watch, watch me on YouTube. Cause I do, I do YouTube things. Thanks for the shout out. Lena, thanks for joining us again. I know things are busy with you. I know you got like you're moving and stuff. I mean, I'm not moving, but I'm trying to save up a little bit of money for traveling later oh, traveling. this year. You're traveling. So That's anyway, um, I was happy to be here. Um, you can hit me up on the Discord if you like on the Sounds Robots good. Radio Discord channel. Awesome. We'll we'll have fun with the travels and stuff. Thank you. Yeah, and then uh, J Ray. You got anything going on? Yeah, I'm uh, off to London in a couple weeks. Oh, um, fun. For three months. Yeah, study uh-huh. at um, Sotheby's Institute of Art. So, Lena, it, <laughs> I think I'll be at the same. Let's see. Is it 2.55 a.m. there? Mm, you're going to be in different time zones. Okay, different time zones. Mm. Germany, London. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That makes one, sense. one hour later. Oh, God, that's brutal. <laughs> um, props to you. But, um yeah so judging that i'll be studying and stuff throughout the week i don't know if i'll be able to do this anymore um but maybe there'll be the rare occasion i can all right dude. Uh, anyhow i can always set an alarm and wake up <laughs> well well we can adjust yeah. things too because this time slot isn't uh hard and fast anymore now that i'm i'm not doing most of the episode live so if okay. we need to if we need to adjust things and move them on you know at earlier time then we can always make that work so um cool. it was specifically this time because it worked well for me and logan but now it's just me so it's me and you guys so we can always find a time that works better for everybody so we can adjust that in the future but thank you again for being here thank you for supporting the show and um man hopefully this month we get some really good news on cyberpunk 2077 and the new patch and the new content coming out so yeah i'm I'm looking forward to it it's we've been waiting a long time but it looks like we're finally going to get some new info and uh i'm looking forward to it i'd love to hear some of your perspectives on that stuff too Maybe we'll be able to talk about that next month. We'll find out. But uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. You can always find my stuff over on robotsradio.net, including all of my shows and the other shows on the network. Um, Coming up next is the Mass Effect Lorecast. We've got our patron episode coming up up in about half an hour. So uh, I'll be doing that next. And then, uh, like Turbo Toboggan said, uh, you can check out a bunch of my stuff on the Robots Radio YouTube channel, including our live streams, which happen on there and on Twitch now, and lots of other places uh and all sorts of fun stuff i'm streaming either podcasts or playing games or whatever every night of the week except for saturdays so i'd love for you to come by and hang out check out a show check out a live stream hang out with me and do some fun stuff like that so that's what i got going on guys thank you for joining again and until next time stay safe in night city i will see you next week with a regular 
regular episode and maybe we can actually talk about some some big news because I have a feeling we might get an announcement this week because stuff is starting to leak out about a PS5 uh, upgrade. So we'll find out. All right, everybody. See you then. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio Podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Ever wanted to be a content creator but had no clue where to begin? Come join me as I sit down with content creators that have already faced the challenges you're up against as they discuss the tips and tricks that help them be successful. Here on The Content Creator's Guide, available wherever podcasts can be found.